of the Excuse Me Podcast, and here we are with another weekly episode on the Excuse Me Podcast. I cannot believe it's the weekend before Christmas. I am so excited, and that means that 2020 is almost out of here, and we can welcome 2021. So sit back, grab a cup of hot cocoa, and enjoy Selena de la Renta. Hey everyone, it's Vicky Guerrero. Excuse me! Guys, you're not going to believe this. I have been stalking this woman for about the past four months. And I know that she's been uh, doing her own thing and being busy, but I finally just had to tell my producer, I want this woman on my show. And she answered my email and we have her today on my show. And I'm so excited. Everyone, please welcome Salina de la Renta. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm super excited. Oh, my gosh. You're so beautiful. And I just, from manager to manager, I love your work. Oh, that really means a lot. Like, you oh have no God. idea. That means the world. Thank you so much. So I want to go over, just for my, my listeners and fans to know who you are, um, you are Bill from Dorado, uh, Dorado, Puerto Rico, right? Yes. Okay. And when did you come to the United States? Um, I moved to the United States when I was 17, but I moved here with the purpose of studying film. So I had nothing to do with wrestling. I was like, <laughs> I want to get out of Puerto Rico. I want to get a good education. I want to just, you know, have a great life. And my mom was like, well, you're not going to do it alone. So we're going out together. And I was like, yes, yes. That's amazing. You have such great family support to follow your dream. Yeah, my mom really is the GOAT. Like, she's the best. If, if she wasn't for her, I wouldn't have made it at all because she was the only one always pushing for it. And, like, wrestling is a hard business. And, yeah, what, like, coming in, not knowing much about it and, uh, like, seeing how sketchy some things can be, my mom was like, oh, maybe not, maybe not. But then she was understanding of, like, what I wanted. And every time I was like, all right, I want to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. She was always like, you know what? You, you're not going to do that. You're going to keep going, keep pushing, and you're going to be a big star one day. That's amazing. Um, please say hi to your mom for me, because without our moms, we can't do very much in life, because it takes to push us and get us out the door. Um, it really is true. So you are a, a pro wrestler, a valet, which caught my eye when I was watching uh, a lot of your footage from MLW. And you're an executive producer, and you call yourself the first Spanish commentator. Yes. That is really impressive. I mean, tell us what it's been like just being thrown into the wrestling industry. Oh, well, it's definitely a journey. Um, it started with, so I was going to college, taking film classes, and my professor was like, oh, I need you guys to study reality TV. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to study. And then I uh, talked to my mom and my dad, and he was like, I think that maybe you might like this show called Total Divas. And I was like, you watch a show called Total Divas. <laughs> and he's like, I swear it's awesome. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll watch it, darling, whatever. So I started watching it, and then it was just full of tea. It was like a lot of drama, but then it was a lot of physical work. And I always did um, performing arts. I always did every sport possible. I wasn't good, but I did it, you know? 
And uh, when I started, like, I, I started just watching the show like a fan. And then uh, at the end of the show, I ran out of stuff to watch. I was like, wait, what now? Now I can do this. I can do this. I, and I started like asking people, do you think I look like a wrestler? And people would be like, you look like a model. And I was like, well, I just kind of feel like I'm a little bit bigger than the models. Like I could just beat their ass. Like I really feel like I should just be in a ring. <laughs> and everybody was saying I was crazy. I was working at McDonald's at the time. And all my coworkers were like, no, you're not going to do that. And I was like, yes, I am. And all my whole family was like, no, I'm praying that you don't, except my mom. My mom was the only one that was like, if that's what you really want, go my diva. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I looked for schools. Uh, I found one really close to my house, five minutes away. Um, I started training there and I met Santana Garrett. I met Lindsay Dorado and I had really good mentors from the beginning. Like it was just a blessing. It's, you know, sometimes things just have a way to, of working out. And at the right time at the right place. Exactly. Exactly. And I, uh, well, I, I didn't have any money really. I just, to train, it was like 200 bucks at the time. And I was just going to work, like making a little bit of money to pay my car the car insurance and my wrestling and my food. And that was that was how I was doing it at first. And uh, I talked to Lindsay, who was kind of the one who put me up to speed on how to get bookings. He was like, you need to reach out. You need to like send your resume. And I was thinking like, oh, someday somebody was gonna book me because they saw me. And he was like, no, 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 you need to like really try. And I was like, oh, I get you. So then I got, I went crazy. I started messaging everybody on Facebook, looking up every wrestling promotion that I found. And that worked. I got booked for like an entire year. And I, I went from, you know, like the, the sad paydays that they give you in the beginning. Uh, I could be in a sandwich and here you go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to give you a clap, clap and go home. I mean, after you set up the ring. <laughs> so it was rough. But I started, uh, what school did you graduate from before we get into your wrestling? Where is it Where is it that you found your school for film and study um, entertainment? Um, I'm still going to school. I'm finishing my AA next semester in Valencia. And then I'm going to go to Full Sail to finish my degree in uh, film, uh, dramatic arts. I'm trying to do a master's and a doctor's degree on it. But that's not it. After that, I also want to do a bachelor's degree in psychology. Um, another master's degree in psychology and a doctor's degree in sexology because I want to be a I, I would love to be the first female Latina sexologist you probably get a lot of business <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, 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 it's completely different I know but you know also this that's very smart because um, I finished my college degree just last year in uh, medical administration, you, I, I love your motivation because you do have to have a plan B with wrestling because you never yes. know, just like with COVID. I mean, oh, I almost went back into the medical industry because I thought, okay, well, this is all going to shut down for the next 10 minutes, you know, 10 months. I need to find something that I know. And since I had that, right. degree, I'm like, you can always just pull that out of the back of your pocket and say, okay, now I'll do this, you know. Thankfully, and, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Like I was going to say that thankfully during this COVID time, MLW was really good to me and I was still getting paid. So I, it wasn't as hard, but I was like super bored in my house. And I was like, okay, I need to 
open a business right now, right now. And I had started a male clothing brand. Then after that, I was like, maybe I should go work at Amazon. Like maybe I should just get a job and do something all this time. Then I met my boyfriend and I was like, okay, I can, I can do a love story in COVID. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about, um, you have been involved with American combat wrestling and which you were a, a titled a champion. And then you were in, I believe in wrestling. And now you're signed with MLW. Um, I am very fascinated with you and MLW for many reasons. One, I love the promotion. I mean, I follow Conan everywhere and uh, I've known him for, God, I don't want to throw my age, but maybe 30 years. I mean, him and Eddie used to travel all, all over together and train and we used to go pick up Conan from the, at the port of, um, in Juarez and we'd bring him over and they would train and he would eat us out of house and home and then he'd go back that night, you know, to his mm -hmm. house. Um, how does it feel to be in a promotion that's very, um, very distinguished because you have a lot of legends like you have Kevin Von Erich and his sons, you have Conan, you have Loki and Leo Rush. Um, tell me how it is because you're the only girl and besides you and Alicia Tooth that are in the promotion. Is that correct? Yeah, um, sometimes they have Aria Blake as well, but, but pretty I mean, much that's the entire division. Yeah, I mean, it's you and you know, I mean, Alicia's not a wrestler, she's the interviewer, which I love her by the way, but. It's very different because you see a lot of promotions have the women and the men. You're representing the women's division. And not to put any pressure on you, but that's why <laughs> right. I'm so fascinated by you and your work because you're you're damn good. And I love your promos and I love how Thank you handle you. yourself with these men that, you know, it's almost if I get an adrenaline, adrenaline a rush, how is it for you? Like tell me what your experience has been, especially being you know, new to the industry and then you get thrown into this promotion where it's just all guys and you have to kind of prove yourself. Um, how is that? Because I just want to know what the, I mean, you have a locker room to yourself, which I think is fascinating too. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. To, uh, to me, wrestling was wild because when I started, I didn't know that much. I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling when I was younger. So I, I was literally like just getting to know everything and I knew like some things I followed Doink the Clown for some strange reason I did like the boogeyman because he ate worms and I was always attracted to like the weird stuff and you know but coming into wrestling it's like what's a baby face what's a heel and then it's like I felt kind of clueless and a lot of people did make fun of me in the beginning and well when I got my first opportunity to be on tv I was just super nervous I had some experience acting I was on tv before um, dancing with a, a dance group in Puerto Rico it, yeah, I did that. I did modeling. I did a bunch of competitions. I did singing. You name it. I just wanted to do everything. There you are. Oh, You're I'm very right. sorry. Hit, I got no, don't worry about it. Interruption. Uh, so where was I? Um, I did. I did everything and no wrestling. So coming into MLW specifically, I remember when they called me. They were like, I had just broke my leg five different times. Yeah, because I was wrestling. And I, I showed up with a cane. I was like, oh my God, what are they gonna do with me? And I remember like two weeks before the show, Alex Greenfield, one of the producers reached out to me and he was like, Selena, by any chance do you have a business suit? And I was like, a what? 
<laughs> he's like a business suit and I was like um no but I can make it work and at the time I had like 60 bucks I was like what am I gonna do so I ran to Macy's and I got like a thousand dollar credit card and I bought an eight hundred dollar suit I went all out because my mom says that <laughs> if you dress for the job you want not the one you have so I was like good I advice mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I gotta do this so I showed up in my Tommy Hilfiger suit I remember it was blue and uh, everybody was like oh you look like the boss. And I was like, huh, thank you. And behind the scenes, like people would start coming up, coming up to me, asking me for like, hey, do you know when I'm up? Hey, do you know about this? Do you know about that? Do you know what I have to do at this part? And I was like, what? Like, what? Oh my God. And I would, you know, I didn't want to be on, like, I, I'm the new girl. I didn't want to be unhelpful. So I would, every time anybody would ask me, I'd be like, no, I don't know, but I'll go figure out. And I would be reaching out to court, reaching out to people behind the scenes and like just getting everything going. Then Pentine Phoenix didn't speak any English and uh, they were, they would go through me now for me to translate everything. And now all the luchadors that didn't want to speak English, because some of them do, but they just rather not. So they would just come to me and get me to do everything. And just people started assuming I was in charge. And with time, Court was like, you know, I see you do a lot. Did you just want to really like take some more work and start getting paid for it? I was like, ah, uh, yes, actually, I would love that. See, please. Yes, yes. And then after that, I, I started like a Cold War leader. Like I remember that was like the first thing that I did. And it did, it wasn't like working very well. And court was like, how about we just put you with the Latino division and we just make you fearless and just, you know, go ham. And I was like, okay, I think I could do that. And uh, I got Wait, to work. Hold on, hold on, Selena. Did you tell them that you had a broken leg when they called you and said, show up with the business suit? Or did you just like work them and say, yeah, I'll be there without mentioning anything about your leg? No, no, no. I, I mentioned that I had a broken leg and I said, and they were like, okay, but can you walk? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, actually, I just can't wear heels. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I can. I might need to, you know, bring a cane or something, but I'm, I, I'll be fine in two weeks. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> My leg was just not like I just had just gotten surgery. Like it was not cute. So I was wearing high heels and I show up, but the, but the cane made me look real mafia. And everybody was like, okay, yes, this is what we need. Make <laughs> it till you make it, right? <laughs> yes, yes. But I wasn't even thinking it. My leg was broken. <laughs> oh my God. And everybody's like, why does she have a cane? And I was like, I really need it, guys. All right. This is not the time. <laughs> But I had a dope cane too. Like I got one um, at a medieval uh, shop all the way in Canada and it had a, like a dragon hand and like a crystal ball. And nice. it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Uh, but with time I started writing because that's what I went to school for. So I started writing like my own storylines and I wanted like to shave my head. I, I just wrote a bunch of crazy stuff. And I would always be like reaching out to court and be like, hey, I wrote this. You want to check it out? Maybe, right? And then he'd be like, okay, I'll check it out. And then he wouldn't say anything. And I was like, hmm, maybe it's not good enough. Then I started studying his like writing style. And I was like, let me see if I can match it. And I started <laughs> and I started writing even more stuff. 
And one day he's like, how, how would you feel about being executive producer for an episode? And I was like, yes, yes, this is what I went to school for. This is what I want to do. Yes, yes, and yes. And it was a really cool experience because I got to run the show with him from the truck and I got to like talk to people and tell the referee stuff. And I got to hear like the behind the scenes craziness and I got to like see the, the whole camera action. It's a lot going on. There's like production that you gotta set up. There is like, guess the turnbuckles need logos. Like you need like graphics and I didn't want them red. So I was like, can they be white? <laughs> You know, I was like, can I put Latino music? And they're like, yeah, do whatever. So oh I, I just kept coming up with ideas and stuff. And, you know, slowly um, they kept giving me more work and more work. And it, basically I ended up doing a lot, <laughs> a lot in, at MLW, but it's really great. I love it. So are you, are you a data producer now for all the, all the series now? Or are you, is it just a one-time thing? Or do they go to you for different ideas and you can put in your, your input? So the way that we did it is like, uh, I'm not executive producer of every episode. I have produced this far three episodes and I have another one coming up in January 6th, but, uh, which is uh, Reyes. I don't know if you celebrate that, but it's like a Spanish tradition of three kings. Um, and yeah, so the other times that I, it's not my episode, I will help produce, but just not my stuff. I'll get the papers and I will, get the promos together and help people. Are you are you producing and performing on the show at the same time or are they letting are they giving you a break to where you do one or the other? Uh no no, there's no break. <laughs> it's uh pretty much so I'll have like a production meeting in the morning and like at seven in the morning before the show, like way before the show starts, we get everything running. I get like a list of things that I gotta do and I go and talk to the talent first. Once I'm done with talking to them, then I can focus on my stuff. And usually on a taping, we won't shoot like only one TV taping. It'll be like four. And sometimes I'll have to, you know, like work on this segment with Conan, which is like 10 to 15 minutes. And it's like, wow, I got to talk all that. And like, sometimes it'll be just go out there and do a promo with Bestia. But I also have a stable. So I got to come out for their matches and sometimes cut a promo and sometimes even do a segment. Sometimes I have like four to five different outfit changes in one night. And it's like, people are like, how do you even do it? And I do it because when I was a dancer, we had to change behind the scenes within like 10 to 15 seconds because it was like transition in music. So you got to go, you got to get it going. So I had all my outfits in order. It's really fun. It's awesome. It's hectic. And stressful, but awesome. But you know, I, I used to love the adrenaline of you know at WWE where I would have like you know five or six segments that they would give me on my stuff, and I love the rush of memorizing and then being in yeah. different places that you had to be. I mean, it's got to be exciting to you because it is. Yeah, I mean, because you look very comfortable when you do your stuff on on you know when I watch MLW. Um, has that has that been something that? Um, you know, that you were, I know you were ready for this because you performed so much, but how, how the guys take to you? Because, you know, there was a lot of, you know, kind of not animosity, but I think the guys kind of like underestimated that I was ready for, 
to perform for them on WWE. And I had to kind of prove myself. How's the attitude been with the guys when you first started and you had to be here and there? I mean, they actually saw that you were taking this serious and that you were going to be there 100% for them. How was that? Well, I had, so I had a lot of everything. So in the beginning, I had a lot of hatred because I did not grow up watching wrestling. That was like the main thing. Everybody talk crap. Everybody liked to make fun of me. They said I had no talent. I couldn't wrestle. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? I'm going to be good in like a month. So just watch me. Just watch me. <laughs> and then when I started having matches with the girls and they started like calming down and they were like, all right, she's cool. We can we can hang out with her. And then and when I went to MLW, I show up with a broken leg and everybody's like, why is she this big manager like that? And like at first it was like, no, nah, no. Nah. And that's like more like the newer people, like the older people that have been in the business longer, like Parka, like MVP, like low key. They were super, super welcome, like the welcoming. They were really nice to me. And um, I would say that the I had it rough with the transition from talent to executive producer. That was really rough because the people like got really, like I would tell them, hey, I need you to do this. And they'd be like, oh, so you're like my boss now. And I literally had to be like, actually, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what's happening. Let's put all the shit out there right now, okay? Let's just yeah. get our roles straight. <laughs> and I was not, and you know, I wasn't trying to be mean because I don't, I'm not, I don't, I came from nothing, you know? I don't want to be that person that got a good opportunity and now I treat other people badly. That's not cool. But if they're treating me different, you know, I need to at least say something. And I have problems with, I, I don't want to say it's like specific names, but like, we, uh, if I say it, if I say the, <laughs> okay. You don't have to, you don't have to, but I, I totally understand you know. how there's animosity because we're, we're, we're in a man's world, you know, yeah. women that are, that are now starting to have a voice, especially with, you know, us representing the women's division. You know, there, it wasn't too, you know, looked upon, say, maybe like 10 years ago. So, yeah, I think there's still a lot of, you know, growing for us to do. And I think the women yeah. have come a long way. But you went from, you know, being the talent, say a manager, you know, and all the way to executive producer. That would cause a little bit of shit in the locker room. <laughs> oh, yes. A hundred percent. And I, I get it. Some people are like, oh, well, I am the son of so-and-so. I am this person. I am who, whoever you want to be. Like, it's fine. But <laughs> what can I do? Are, I live for this. Yeah. But you are your own person, too. And, and just like okay. you have a right to be there, so does everyone else. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let, let me ask you something. Um, what would you take away being Selena de la Renta right now? And then you look at before you started looking at, you know, just starting the wrestling school. And now that you are positioned in this great company and having, you know, these different roles, what's something that you've learned outside the ring that pertains to wrestling and something that's inside the ring? Like what are the things, how you've grown and what could you be, you know, advice for women that are looking at you saying, wow, this is her story. Like I want that story too. I would say being humble goes a long way. That's one thing that you learn in wrestling. Like you learn it either the hard way or you learn it because you've looked and you've carefully like smoothly transitioned into wrestling. Um, attitudes never work. 
whether you are a veteran or whether you are new. That's just, it doesn't go well because that just brings like bad, bad shit. Like it's just what happens, bad vibes. Um, I would say, I also learned to ask questions before bookings <laughs> and really, really like, uh, I have to protect myself. I need, I need to like, I learned that in wrestling for sure that I can't just trust everyone. I also had to learn like my worth as well because some people get mistaken in the beginning and they think, oh, I'm a green guy. I gotta do all this and I gotta let everybody step over me. And that's just not how it is. Yes, you, you're supposed to show up on time. Yes, you're supposed to bring your gear to every show, be responsible, set up the ring, that's fine. But there are certain things that are, you know, that you just, you gotta draw that line. You just, you gotta tell people how much you're willing to take. And I would say wrestling is rough. It is rough. But if you learn how to manage inside of it and nobody can really do anything to you. It's just, it's just a matter of defending yourself. <laughs> that, that's amazing, Selena. And I always wanna say like, Selena, you know, like from the, you know, the-, the From the show? About, yeah, from Miss <laughs> Christie. And now she has a Netflix series, but I think of you because you know, me and my brother's always like, Joey, like, Selena. And I thought, I'm going <laughs> to say that to her. Just you must get that a lot, right? If you want, I'll sing the bitty bitty bum bum for you. <laughs> oh, uh, now it's a new show. Let's do this. <laughs> so I have one more question about, well, actually two. Um, on MLW this past week, they showed you in Mexico uh, at the Aztec Ruins. Uh, did y'all, I mean, how... How is that working with COVID and, and y'all, you know, producing these different segments? And and when do y'all film and kind of fill in the fans of what the MLW schedule is so the fans can, you know, log on and they can see your shows and when to expect y'all next on TV. Okay, I don't want anybody to get mad at me because I am that one citizen that has been traveling all over the country. Like it's, it's part of my job. I had a lot of modeling bookings out of state. And it's just, it is what it is. And with MLW, I have traveled to Mexico a few times. Um, it's actually not that hard to cross during COVID, unless you're Mexican, then you really have a problem. Yeah. But uh, American privilege is a thing. So every, I have traveled to Mexico. Um, I went on foot, like, uh, not, not, I mean, I didn't walk all the way from Florida, but I did like, you know, cross the border walking because it was a lot easier. Um, for COVID, uh, I do remember MLW uh, doing, you have to come with a test first, right. and then they test you upon arrival, and then they test you uh, before you leave, so that if there's any, you know, anybody got COVID during there, then we know, and we can deal with that. Um, the stuff mm -hmm. that we can't have a crowd. That yeah. part is like, it really, it, it is it rough. sucks. <laughs> Um, as far as promos, this is like a lot different because before we used to have like the whole TV company like getting together and doing promos and you know like you would have like a hotel or a stage or a venue or something. But uh, during these times, it's mainly I will go. Sometimes I produce my own uh, promos. They just let me do my thing. And some other times they'll have Josh Hess, who is like uh, the head of production uh -huh. and he'll meet up with me and we'll go and film whatever needs to be done. But pretty much everybody's been doing everything separate because we yeah. have to. 
Um, I'm with AEW, and so you know, coming from WWE and then having a stadium full of fans, and then AEW, we are just now we're in December, just now starting to let in fans into our arena, which is in Florida, and it's only a few fans. Which I need the heat, I need the booze and the chance to get my my blood boiling, you know, for my promos. And it's very different, and I cannot wait till yeah. COVID can calm down so that way you know we can enjoy the fans and have these stadiums that are filled with you know these people that will you know show us hey because you're a heel and i think it um it's yeah. gotta be hard for you because we're, we're relating to an audience that's in a camera and so we have to kind of give it that extra hundred percent you know to make the fans feel about what's going on in the ring and it's been a very different world yeah um, how, how is it for you you know because you're used to performing and then to go to an arena that's quiet, <laughs> there's only, yeah. you know, the production, you know, and the cameras in there. Uh, how was that first feeling for you that didn't have the fans? Well, it's definitely not the same. I miss walking out and everybody screaming and losing their shit because I'm here. And, like, <laughs> you know, it, that is an adrenaline rush that you can't get from anything else. It just, you just can't. And when you uh, say this or something and people are like, ooh, you know, that is what really gets you going. But I will say this. I always felt some type of way about whenever I had a good line and nobody heard it because the crowd's too loud. So I am very happy that now I get to just run my mouth the entire match and they'll hear everything I say, everything. Cause like I got a loud mouth. So that part was great. Um, the, I would say like, it's kind of hard cause sometimes as a manager, like your job is to either get the crowd mad or like get it behind. And that part is not there anymore. I will say this, it feels a lot more personal. Like whenever it's like, I got fury or something to say, then I'm just psychotic and I'll just, I'll just think about something else. I don't think about a crowd. I just think if I am supposed to be mad, I really like put in my head, like you robbed me. I don't care if there's like one person here, a thousand, you robbed me. So I, I try to like, you know, find a vessel to take all that energy, that negative energy that I got to throw out there. It's usually Conan who takes it, but <laughs> last taping he wasn't there because you know he's a little bit older so he got to take care of himself in COVID <laughs> so let me ask you with you being having such direction with decisions for MLW do you see bringing in other women to ha have matches along with you know the other guys or are they giving that liberty to do that unfortunately that's not up to me like I am able whenever I produce I'm able to use the people already signed or like I could I could have a request or two but say I want a women's match I can't do that and unfortunately I that's one of the parts that hurts me the most about MLW because I do enjoy don't tell me wrong I got all the spotlight because I'm the only woman and that is great that is great but I I am more of like a team person and I like having other people to feed off of and I feel like what I can I can say a million things to a guy but I can't pull him by the hair like if I do it's just odd you know yeah. but if there's a woman we can we can go we could do it and, and I started as a wrestler I did managing as a backup plan that took off greatly but I, I genuinely just want to go back. I want to wrestle. I want to wear my suit that says Puerto Rico. I want people to scream when I kick somebody in the mouth. You know, it's like, it, it's just, it, it's, it's irreplaceable. 
Wrestling there, is there's two the worlds in a manager and a wrestler, you know. And the great thing about you, Selena, is that you're training, you know, with in the wrestling and as a manager, and you have two talents. I think that's something that's such a great asset, you know, to look at you. I would I'm not a wrestler, I'm just a manager, but to see, you know, different women do both. I think you have the world at your at your hands. I mean, you have a really good position in the wrestling industry, and that's what fascinates me when I get to watch you work because you have this these different talents that you can put all over the show, and I think that's amazing. Thank you so much. That yeah, is, that, of that is awesome. And, yeah. and coming from you, hearing it from you, it it means a lot more than you know just saying it or reading it online. Really, truly means a lot. Yeah, I love your work. And I just, I kept stalking you, like I said, and I was like, oh, damn, I'm going to have her on my show because I really wanted to meet you and I can't wait to meet you in person. But this is going to have to do until we can cross each other in the street. But let's get into some other projects that, that you're into. And you're quite the busybody because I kept, you know, looking on Instagram and researching different things. And um, you have a life that's busy. And I, I'm so proud of you because as a woman, you know, it's, it's incredible that we're not just doing one thing, you know, we're able to do many things and let's just start by listing them. Um, you own a, you're a founder of Mr. Poppy underscore official, which is a men's dress line. Yes. How did you get into that? Uh, COVID. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, my mom runs a, she has a female boutique that she opened also like a few months before COVID started and she does it online and I see her hustle and I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. But I don't got time for that. And then COVID happened and I was like, Oh, I got time for that. <laughs> I got some time. <laughs> yeah. So me and my mom like sat down to like think of like a cool name for a brand. And I was like, I want it to sound Latino. Like I don't want like some like I don't know some weird stuff like some people come up with like weird names that end in an x or something it's yeah. usually something x and I'm like I, I want something different and then my mom was I think she said something like senor um I don't know senor something and I was like that sounds like senior frogs we could do maybe <laughs> without <laughs> the bar <laughs> maybe yeah right <laughs> and then we ended up like coming up with a bunch of names I uh, ended up doing Mr. Poppy because she had a female clothing brand and I, she already had like the connections with like suppliers. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I could just do a male clothing brand so I don't compete with my mom either. And I, I did it based on my statistics on Instagram because I have 87% male audience. So I was like, all right, there's no women buying my stuff. <laughs> I'm going to make a male clothing brand. That's, that's, that's how that came about. Well, you market yourself really well. Um, and another thing that, uh, so are you an artist? Because the page that you have, it's with your boyfriend, Jovan, or Jovan, Jovan, yeah. which is, he's incredibly handsome. And you guys, agree. I'm compare <laughs> you to, to J-Lo and A-Rod. Oh, that's awesome. I, yeah. I will take that. Yes. Because. I mean, you know, the pictures you guys take, it's almost like, you know, is he a model too? Yeah. The weirdest thing, it's like, I, when I met him, he was like, oh, I'm a model, actor, I paint. And, and I was like, what? It sounds like me. And then like, he had the same religious belief. It was like, 
too accurate. I was like, red flag. It's too good. Yeah. Red flag. This is too good. This is too great. Um, I want the only talent that I was born with was painting. Like I never had to learn how to do it. I just knew. It's very strange. Everybody, every, I remember drawing when I was really young and I did it. I don't know why, but I started doing it. And my, everybody was like, wow, that's really good. How old are you? <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. And everybody was always like pushing, like to get me to paint. And I was really good at painting. Then like I had a fall down, like a fallout, a fallout. Fallout. I fall out at the, so I was going to this one church and it was like a big family and they were all forcing me to paint. And now I didn't want to do it because I wanted to do it for fun. I didn't want anybody to force me to paint or tell me, they were all telling me that, that I, that's what I had to do. And I was like, whoa, I'm going to be an actress. No, thank you. I'm not going to paint. And I stopped painting for about 10 years. And I, when I met my boyfriend, he was really passionate about art. And I was like, I, I'm pretty good at that. And he was like, are you? Show me something. And I was like, I don't have anything. And he was like, and you are that good. And I'm like, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, he I called am. you out. Yeah, I'm like, I'm telling you, I am. And he's like, well, okay, give me a sketch pad. And he's like, draw something. And I did like this one. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, little Dicky? Yeah. Okay, so he has yeah. this one video with like a little brain that dances and dabs and does all this stuff. So I did the little dicky one and he goes like, okay, so you are artsy. And I'm also very like business driven. So he did it for fun. And I was like, you are just making art and you are just putting it away. <gasps> You're not selling it. This is an abomination. You cannot make art that you're not selling. And then I, Mama, I, tell him. I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, you need to, you need to open a business. You need to sell your art. You need to do something. And like, he like, doesn't have that in him. He's just like very chill and humble. And he's just like, does his own thing. And that can't be bothered. And I was like, no, no, we're going to do it. And then seeing that he wasn't going to do it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it with you. And he was like, okay, now he was 100% in. And I was like, cool, cool. So we got that going and we started making art. And now it's like, I do that. Like, I would say 40% of my time. Wow. So the fans, lot. yeah, just for the followers and fans to find out where to find you. Um, and on Instagram, you're at two artists and a brush. Yes. And the artwork that I saw from you two is incredible. I mean, I even saw the pumpkin that Jovan had carved for Halloween. Like, <laughs> yeah oh my god incredible. if I tell you the story about that pumpkin so I yes. had never carved a pumpkin before and we went to like a uh, I think it's called a pumpkin patch All right. and he was like um pick a pick a pumpkin and we're gonna do this and I was like oh I've never done this and we got it and when I started opening, it smelled, and I was like, eh, I can't do this thing. I just, I just can't. I, and he ended up taking out all the stuff from it. And then after all of that, I didn't really want to work. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. And the thing is that when I said I don't want to do this, it was only like a week away from Halloween, and I have a busy life. So I got really busy and my boyfriend was just coming with and then at one point he was like so I guess we're not gonna have a pumpkin and I was like oh and I had a, a signing on Halloween 
and I had another flight like the day before. And then I came back for one day and flew out the, the next day. So there was like no way I could sit down and do this. And I was like, well, maybe we could be early for Christmas and make it kind of like Jack Skellington with the, with the hat. And he didn't really like it at first. And then I showed him the pumpkin and he was like, okay, I'm mad, but I want to do it. <laughs> I'll do it. And we started doing it and it just came out really cool. I encourage the fans to go to your Instagram page and check out this pumpkin. My also my <laughs> favorite video of you is it was for Thanksgiving when you came into your family's house. Oh my god, with the dancing turkey like head. a turkey with a turkey uh, <laughs> body on your head. It, you're precious and you're so cute to watch and so entertaining. Um, Thank you. It, it's I, I really encourage the fans to give you a follow because your art is underappreciated and. Anything that I can do to help, you know, advertise or if you guys are ever in Houston or I work in Florida. I mean, I'm, you know, we're in Jacksonville. Anything you have going on, I would be so happy to promote for you guys. Well, thank you so much. If you ever want a piece of art, we make custom. So just let me know what you want and I'll make it for you. Oh, my gosh. I'd be honored. So let me. Uh, so also, um, Jovan, is, is he part of your security for MLW? Because it seemed like you guys had... Um, was it Dorado uh, Producciones? Are, are you guys working for the same security company or he, does he bodyguard you or how's that connection? Because I, I was looking at his Instagram. Did y'all work together uh, on a business before um, doing the artist stuff or how did that come about? No, um, it all started with uh, when I met him, I, I had a bunch of like stuff to do and I didn't want to not have my boyfriend around because it sounded like super sketchy, like, I'm going to go and meet with like photographers and it's a very different lifestyle. You know, it's like he was a bartender. I'm a professional wrestler. It's a big difference, completely different world. And I just didn't want him to like, you know, have to think about what I'm doing. Yeah. So I was like, you, you can come with. And I just didn't <laughs> want him to also just tag along and become Selena's boyfriend. You know, I was like, oh, this is just not going to work like that. So I was like, how about I give you a job? as my security guard. I like having a bodyguard anyway. So that way I'm protected and you could come with. And that way we're, it's good. And he was like, okay, okay, I can do that. And I was like, hell yeah. And then uh, he started coming around and it was on, it was my, my thing. It wasn't like an MLW thing or anything okay. at all. Okay. And then Court saw it and Court was like, so you got a bodyguard now? And I was like, yeah, I'm dating him too. And he was like, interesting. <laughs> and he's like, well, okay, I got something that you might like. And then he sent me back an article and he had posted him on the MLW page and he put, uh, Selena hires a big beefy bodyguard or something like that. And then I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to do now? Like, and he's like, bring him to the show. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's booked. And he looks good. To tell him to dress nice and then when we showed up everybody uh, he had his business suit and everything and everybody's like you guys about to get married or something and i was like no he's my bodyguard and people were like oh and parka was like oh so i'm not protecting you now he is he's like no he's too skinny <laughs> and it was great but parka had him do a bunch of stuff so it was really it was really great now he wants to be a wrestler i'm like oh god but, so was he a wrestling fan before he met you? No, 
No, he didn't know anything about wrestling. He saw this wrestler chick and he was like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. And it just that's turned out crazy. That's incredible. Well, please send him my, my regards. I mean, I just love y'all's pages. I, um, you know, you guys make a great couple and, you know, that could, you. Go, that could go somewhere else. I mean, this wrestling industry is limitless of what you can do. And you're proving mm-hmm. that by how you've incorporated, you know, Jovan into the security guard. And then you have a character on the show. I, I just, I commend you because it just seems like you're always evolving, you know, for your character, which is commendable. I try. A lot of people get Sometimes I like to, so I, I remember when I was starting and I was just like eager to get an opportunity. I go to college and I see all these like acting students that are just, they want to do something. So sometimes I'll be like, hey, do you want to be on TV? And they're like, what? Yes, yes. And then I'll get like an assistant for the day or I'll get, you know, and they'll get a demo reel. So it's like a good trade-off. And I, I'm always trying to get more people to come with and the bigger the crew, the better the team. Wow. I'm into acting. So if you guys ever need anything, let me know. And I'll be happy to drive down and work with you guys. Oh, I will take that offer. Everything's for a resume. It's all about building your resume. That's what it's all about. I would love that. (laughs) With a capital L. <laughs> uh, I think we have a lot of fun together. Yeah. Yes, we would. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna do some rapid fire questions so my fans can get to know you a little bit better. I'm uh, ready, but scared. <laughs> okay, how old is the oldest pair of shoes in your closet? Oh wow, um, it's rapid. Uh, um, not too rapid. You can. You can not, no, that one's hard. Um, the oldest pair of shoes. Wow. I stump the women every time I ask this question. <laughs> wow. I have to have something that's at least 10 years old or 15. Heels? Like, are they titties or what are they? Um, I know for a fact I've had heels since I started modeling, which was back in 2013. So I don't know. I'm not very good at math. That's not my strong suit. Well, but- <laughs> no, that's interesting because isn't it funny how women have these one pair of heels that are just their favorite it goes with everything and i and i have a pair of black heels i keep putting black uh shoe polish on and keep trying to like make them new and buff them out and get them shiny i will not get rid of these shoes until they break (laughs) i got these hideous hideous shoes that like they were nice they cost me seven dollars from ross i got him on the clearance area the heel was coming off i glued it back on and uh, and the, it's not like I can't buy another pair, but the sole was like sticking out and everything, and I just ripped it off, and I wear it without a sole, okay? Oh my god, that's amazing! The, the tricks we do, right, just to keep our shoes around. The things we do. Oh my god! One time for MLW, I got these like super high heel boots, and I got that night I got speared through a table. We're by parka, okay? So <laughs> 350 pound dudes spear me through a table in these shoes. And the first time I wear them, the heel broke off. Like it oh, took hell. It off. It <laughs> left. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you ever have you ever had a pair of shoes break on you on the way to the ring or during a segment? Those. 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 Because it wasn't even like it broke when he hit me. 
it broke when I was climbing to the ring. Oh, it's so, even worse. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you could see it on the video that I climb up and then you see me readjust my foot and Loki <laughs> thought I broke my ankle. He was like, oh, he, she broke it, she broke it. And then uh, I went, like, fixed it back up. They're like, what the fuck? Like, I'm sorry. Uh, they, were, they were, like, super confused. <laughs> okay, Selena, here's another question for you. What is the weirdest thing you have seen in someone else's home? The weirdest thing I've seen in someone else's home? Hmm. Because I'm all teach you. Like, I'll go through people's shit. Oh, I got you. I got you. I want to give you a good answer. My aunt, Ana Rita. Okay, that's her name to begin with. Ana Rita. Ana Rita. And then she got a, a ceramic chupacabra that is like, <laughs> it got like some strings and everything. And she moves it around. I'm like, what are you doing with that thing? It's hideous. And she would always make everyone like something. And she is that aunt. You know, they always have that one. Even in Spanish family. She made me a stuffed chicken with some papari on the front of the little pocket that the thing had. We called it finger. (laughs) It's just terrible. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you were stranded on an island, what two objects would you take with you? My boyfriend. Is he an object? He's a, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> and my dog objects or no? <laughs> no, objects. Like what would okay. you take to survive? Then I would take, um, I wanted to say eggs, but I will run out of them. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with some marijuana seeds and <laughs> oh my and, and uh, I guess I'm gonna go with banana seeds so I can eat bananas okay. or something. Some because I gotta eat. Yeah, you gotta eat. All right, so uh, let's see, dogs or cats? Dogs for sure. Maleficent or Ursula? Maleficent. That she's mine. Period. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Selena, tell the tell my fans and listeners and your fans who are going to listen where they can find you and all the pages that you're involved in. Okay. You can find me at Selena De La Renta everywhere. That is my Instagram. That is my Facebook. That is my Twitter. That is my Patreon. That is also my merch website. Those are S-A-L-I-N-A-D-E-L-A-R-E-N-T-A. Boom. And... Uh, if you want to send me an email, that's the same thing too. If you want to send me some money, that's my PayPal, my Cash App, my Venmo. <laughs> and, when, and when does ML, MLW come out on the week so the fans can find you? Uh, great question. Because mm, it just changed. Um, I think oh. it's Fridays and Wednesdays. Um, okay. but I didn't watch it on Wednesdays. We have a bunch of networks. That's the problem. It's not just one. It's I, like, I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it's like The Zone has some times. We have YouTube, throw them out some other times. We have Be In Sports. We have Free Sports in the UK and the other names of the other like networks that are in Africa or whatever they are because it's too much. I can't keep track. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And social media has gotten so difficult where you can 
memorize all the handles and hashtags of who tags who and what. Yeah. And I hate when the fans say, you tagged this wrong. I'm like, well, no shit, Sherlock. That's why you're, t- you're calling me out on it. <laughs> but Selena, thank you so much for taking time out to be on my show. I am watching you, girl. I am so proud of you. I am I am motivated and inspired by you. And anything that you need, I'll be happy to use my influence to promote you. Thank you so much. This really means a lot. Thank you for having me on your podcast and for all the beautiful things you said to me. Um, the honor is mine to be here. Oh my really. gosh. God bless you. Take care. And uh, if Jovan ever breaks your heart, I'll kick his ass. How's that? No, 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 no. <laughs> Hopefully not. But okay. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you, Selena. And um, just enjoy your day. And I look forward to seeing you on the next MLW episode. You too. Have a wonderful day. Bye, Bye sweetheart. Bye-bye. All right, guys, there you have the amazing episode from Selena de la Renta. I am so excited to see where she is going to be moving her career next. Uh, Please check her out on her Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Not only is she a professional wrestling manager and wrestler, but you can also find her as an elite artist. So please check her out. Thank you, Selena, for taking time out to be on my show. And guys... Merry Christmas. I hope that all of you are uh, enjoying your family and friends this holiday season. Please take care. God bless. Be kind to one another and happy holidays.